everybody. Welcome back to the John Reiner podcast. This is episode seven and it's called A Conversation with Joe Delagrave. That's about as as creative as I could come up with with this this episode title. Is that all you got at conversation? I didn't want to force I didn't want to force a title, you know. If I'm gonna force a title and it seems like you gotta follow a certain path. That, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, you know, I wanted you to be able to do your thing and I wasn't gonna that's force smart. anything. So so uh if you already heard that incredible voice, uh that is my I'm just honored to call you friend, Joe Delagrave. Uh he's gonna share more of his story, but Joe is a he's a podcaster. He's a, he's a motivational, inspirational speaker. Uh, he is also a, uh, Paralympian with team USA wheelchair rugby. He's actually on his way, getting prepared to go off to Japan for, uh, our summer Olympics this year. And so Joe, thank you for taking a little bit of your, uh, your expensive time and, uh, and spending it with me. I just know that we're about to, I, all joking aside, because we're going to joke, because I love this dude. There's going to be jokes. There's going to be jokes. There's going to be laughing. Uh, laughing? There's going to be uh, laughter. A lot of laughing. A lot of laughing. Uh, but man, I think I think we're going to have, uh, if I can say it, a holy moment. I do. Like you, mm. even before we started recording this, you're like, hey, let's just pray. And uh, I just, I feel like we're going to tap into something uh, in this episode that people need to hear and need to be kind of shaken up about. And so I'm looking forward to it. And so with that said, uh, Joe, welcome. Welcome on board the John Reiner podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> number Episode number seven. So, um, which is good because I feel like you the, the six before were all dry runs for me. So that's perfect. It was, yeah. It was six rehearsals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Rigelskis. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, we're actually throwing it out. We're throwing it out to the Rigalskis. It's well, okay. Uh, I don't know if we need a disclaimer, but it's it's eight thirty at night when we're recording this. Yeah, yeah. We're both dead. I don't know how late you stay up, man. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you see this? I'm, Is this an indicator of what's going on right now? Okay. This is a cup of coffee. I'm okay. coffee. I'm doing coffee right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so who yeah, knows? we're both yeah. Uh, we're both dads. We both realized that we were already at soccer practices today. Uh, we've done the dinner and the bedtime. And uh, now now we're sitting down, you know, when we're in our best mind yeah. to do a podcast episode. I'm always sitting down. <laughs> I can't. You there's, can't. You come on. <laughs> come on. You can't. Come on. <laughs> You're any, already started with that. You can't. Come on. Any chance I get. <laughs> any chance. Gosh. Gosh. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Young God, man. What am I now? Now I'm on ice. Now I'm on ice. I can't. Oh, come on. That's... Come on. <laughs> All right, Joe. Um, you are. Let's just start with this. You're about to go to Japan for Olympic number what for you? This I'm training for my third Paralympics. Third um, Paralympics. I, I went to London 2012. I was an alternate in Rio, which is a huge part of my story. Uh, and then and then of course Tokyo. Um, yeah, yeah. So we were officially announced. The teams officially announced in about at the time of this recording, about two May twenty second is when okay. is when the, it's officially announced. So it's very very close, and uh, I think I've got a pretty good shot. Are you um, confident? Like, is there I'm, any part of you that's not confident that you're going to be on this team? I'm very confident. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you're kind of like a co-captain, right? Or no? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if they just get rid of captains before the Olympics or not, but uh, I hope not. I don't think so. I, I just I heard a little a little hesitation in your voice. Yeah, uh, uh, I sure hope not. I don't know if you or anyone listening like has been in a room that's very um, vanilla and 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 just it's. I don't know why you're giggling. What about that? It's you know it's just dull and you're waiting to get on the team or not. And it's just like, it's the worst feeling, even if yeah, you know, yeah. you're going to make it like, it's just, yeah, yeah. how do they know. announce it? Is this a vocal thing? Is there a list? Is it like dance it's either like a dance yeah. competition or you have to go back and see if your name is on the piece of no, paper? Thank God. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think, well, maybe it is, yeah, but yeah. we do an announcement and it's either by alphabetical order or by our class okay. for our, cause in, in Paralympics, you have a classification. So like, and so usually, you know, and we were having a meeting about it recently uh, about um, 
like the hoopla of everything. And she's our team manager is like, well, I think we're just going to do it randomly. And I'm like, you might kill someone <laughs> doing it randomly. <laughs> someone might have a heart attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, well, he can't go. He's yeah, dead. Yeah. How, many, <laughs> how many, uh, how many people are trying out for this and what's the cut? Like, what do you go from into? We have 16 on the training squad. Um, and it'll go down to 12. Yeah. 16. So oh man. Yeah. So there's only four, four, four spots. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. All right. So up until meeting you, uh, if I can just be honest, I wasn't aware of wheelchair rugby. Yeah. I was very aware of rugby. Uh, I played rugby myself, uh, fell in love with the sport. I did not know that wheelchair rugby was a thing until meeting you at the YMCA in Onalaska, Wisconsin, as yeah. you're training. And I was wheezing. Um, I didn't know that it was a thing. So how uh, how long has this been a thing? Do you know the history of wheelchair rugby? Like, yep, and the history of it. It's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool uh, Genesis story, really. It's okay. 1977 in Canada, um, Manitoba, I believe. And a part of me hopes you're just making this up. <laughs> It was a uh, 1977 Someone's, in Manitoba. It was a cold <laughs> winter and. <laughs> It's someone's going to Google and be like, nope, it was 1985 <laughs> in Tampa, Florida. Uh, no, it was 1977. And these group of quadriplegics um, and not quadriplegics like where you can't move anything, but like quadriplegic, meaning you have disability in all four limbs. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty big misnomer yeah. stereotype or whatever. But um, and so they all played wheelchair basketball, but they all sat on the sidelines because they didn't have very much function to play. So, cause a lot of people in wheelchair basketball, the classification system is very different where you could have like four knee surgeries and you'd be eligible to play wheelchair basketball or, oh. uh, or a leg amputation or whatever. And so like they have all full use of most of their body on it's the disability food chain. It's not yeah. paralysis on the disability okay. food chain. It's pretty high up. Okay. Um, and so the quadriplegics are sitting on the sidelines going like, Oh, this is kind of boring. We don't ever get to play. So they went to a gym and started messing around and, and basically came up with this game. Really? It's had a lot of different like rule changes along the way, but yeah, they're like, Oh, let's put two cones here. And let's like, we will play with the ball. And this volleyball is way lighter than a basketball. So, and we can kind of bump it and throw it around and this is going to work. And so they just started playing and then it kind of morphed into this sport. And it's, it's crazy because it's only been, I mean, what 2021. So you do the math for me. Not 40, very long. 40. 40 let's let's 40, call it 40, 50, 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I was a math major for a semester, but you can see why I didn't it's go a terrible on. major. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, 40 years. And it's ballooned. It's just, it's really cool to see how the sports evolved in that amount of time. Um, I'm curious from, as to how they just decided they were going to put rugby name on it. So they were trying to come up with names. There was like wheelchair handball because it's kind of like handball a little bit right. too. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could have wheelchair or whatever. And like a lot of different sports already had wheelchair versions, like wheelchair power soccer and power chairs and wheelchair basketball and okay. um, sitting volleyball. And, uh, so, and, and they called it murder ball for a while. Really? Um, yeah, they called it murder ball for a while. There's a murder ball documentary back in 2005 that was uh, that was – Oscar nominated. It hmm. lost to the March of the Penguins because those. Well, here's was yours. Deal. Was yours narrated by Morgan Freeman? Exactly. If murder <laughs> balls, ex, yes, we're on the same page. It's like, come on. If you, you would have gotten, the, can you imagine if you got Liam Neeson? Yeah, that'd have been good. You know, Neeson against Freeman for the documentary. Do you think he's like, I got a particular set of skills, <laughs> and then, and then Morgan Freeman's like. That's cute. And I don't know. I can't do a Morgan Freeman. I hear it all the time because he's the voice of the Birmingham airport where I go into train. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah he yeah. is the voice yeah. of the, he's, he's, he's the voiceover. Yeah. Huh? Get that would have been a yeah. duel. That would have been that a duel. That would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah. 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 All so, right. So, so they anyways, lost to March of the Penguins. Yeah. And it used to be called Murder Ball. And they, they finally just said, wheelchair rugby is kind of close enough because there's full contact and the camaraderie of the sport. And so, like, it's completely different. It's on a basketball court, played four and four. And, there's cones set up on each side and, and you cross the line and it's one point or right. one try. Yeah. Um, and 
but it's it's a pretty cool sport it's yeah, it's yeah, high yeah. speed chess and you crash into each other and yeah. it's kind of wild seeing it yeah. for the first time you've uh you've shown some kind of best of clips and some uh like big crash clips at uh engagements i've seen you speak at before yeah. it's pretty it's pretty rough it's pretty rough i've seen some it guys is. just get knocked over onto the side you know like chairs knocked over it's pretty intense yeah. it's pretty yeah. intense um all right let's take us back uh Take us back to how you uh, got you got into wheelchair rugby, um, not because you were born with the paralysis, but but because of an incident uh, in your college years. Bring us back yeah. to that. Yeah. So, freshman in between freshman and sophomore year, uh, I was playing college football at Winona State University um, over in Winona, Minnesota, and I was a tight end there and. and fresh off my freshman year of college and and it was an amazing year of, of football and friends and hanging out and um and so i was back in prairie du Chien, wisconsin which is my hometown and and you know doing the whole summer job thing as a uh as a college student and and my buddies adam and kyle were were both back in town too kyle went to marquette adam went to st cloud and we all kind of mm. came back and converged and just having some summer fun uh right. in 2004 and in july 9th 2004 i i'm 6'6 and 260 pounds and loving life and working part-time at pizza hut eating way too much pizza and <laughs> working for the city and doing that whole deal and yeah um and then july 10th we're out on the river it's a beautiful summer day 75 degrees and um all three of us in the boat. Kyle's driving the boat. We're in a back slough of the Mississippi River, where it's a little bit calmer. And and Kyle uh, is driving. Adam's kneeboarding, and he accidentally hits the bottom of the river with the motor, in in just a freak deal. And I'm laying there just enjoying the day. Uh, the chair breaks. I fly backwards, hit my head on the front of the boat, inside the boat, and and that's where I um, hit my head. And it snapped my neck at the C6 and 7 level, uh, which is 6 and 7 vertebrae down from the base of your skull. Um, and so I blacked out and, and came back um, a couple seconds later. And Kyle and Adam are just standing over me and tears are down their face and with, you know, worried look. And Kyle's kind of scatterbrained and Adam's going like, are you all right, dude? And I'm excruciating pain, like to the point where I at one point was like, Adam, can you punch, can you knock me out? Uh, cause this pain is unbearable mm. from the head injury. And he's like, Joe, I can't, I can't do that. And, you know, and, and, and they started asking me questions about being able to move my legs. I couldn't, I couldn't move my legs and you, you subconsciously move your body. Your brain sends a signal down mm -hmm. through your spinal cord and into your nerves and, and, and nothing happens. And it's just kind of sitting there and, and, I said, can you feel your legs? And I couldn't feel my legs. It felt mm -hmm. like someone else's legs, like total yeah. out-of-body experience. Um, and that that day changed my life right? Uh, forever. You're how old? 19. 19, 19 years, years old, old 2004. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were, I mean, you're a high school athlete, college football player. I would imagine that you at least saw yourself riding out four years playing college football. Um any athlete probably just imagines how far can I go in this, right? How far yeah. in this, uh, down this athletic road can I go? If I work really hard, if I put in all the effort, if I do all the training, if I do all the lifting and all the right things, you know, how far can my athletic career go? Um, and I think for most athletes, uh, our, our athletic career ends simply because we lost opportunities, right? <laughs> or, or we didn't make the cut or, right? Like, or we just... Yeah. That's injured that. or you're not good enough or I plateaued in my ability, my right, skill, right. other people are better in that moment. Um, your, at that point, your current trajectory, uh, was changed for you. Yeah. Not your choice. Uh, not something you wanted, not something you saw coming, um, mentally. How did that hit you as a college athlete? It, so to say my athletic, um, my athleticism or being an athlete, like that was my identity. Like that was my identity. Yeah. I, I lived and breathed sports all throughout my high school career and into college. 
Um, I found affirmation in it. I found it's because it's built in affirmation. Mm -hmm. uh, and my dad wasn't in the picture. And, you know, looking back, I realized, wow, like I love sports a lot. Uh, and a lot of the reason was because I got that positive reinforcement or constructive criticism. And, and there's built in affirmation there. There's a lot of built in value and worth in, mm -hmm. and being an athlete and, and having that identity. And it's very much like someone that's just wrapped up into their title at work or whatever it would be. And that's who I am. And that's yeah. it. Um, and then when it gets ripped away from you, when you have an accident, like, like I did, or you're fired or uh, you're let go and like, you don't, you don't get to, to, to make the ending or, or see it right. through how you yeah, want to see good. it through. Yeah. Um, it is, it is devastating. Yeah. You know, I like that line. You don't yeah. get to make the ending. That is, yeah. that's big. Cause how often, like, you know, what you're saying, how often do things happen in our lives that change our plans, change our expectations, change our trajectory, change what we've been preparing for. And I didn't get to end it. Right. I didn't get to write it off. I didn't get to sign off on this. I, no one asked me. Uh, I didn't get to write this for myself. Something else came and changed life. And I think for a lot of people, they have a hard time. I'll just say me as well. We have a hard time recovering from that. You yeah. know, like I had a plan and the plan was the plan. And I prepared for it and I dreamed it and I envisioned it and I wrote it all out. There's yeah. the five year, the 10 year, like it was there. It's I had strategic a plan. too. Like it's a good plan. Yeah, most right. of the time you're like, "That's a good plan, right here." Yeah, I got yeah, that yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go yeah. to this college. I'm going to do this sport, or I'm yeah. going to, you know, like I'm going to major in this, and then my career, or I'm going to find the right person, and then you know, we're obviously going to fall in love, and it's going to last, and something happens, you know. It's, uh, mentally, yeah. yeah. Take us. What happens after that? You're, you're laying in the boat, and you just, you know, you found out. Uh, I think you said you found out at the hospital that you had this lifelong paralysis, not just yeah. a temporary yeah. paralysis. Yeah, it was, the first couple of days were kind of, you know, I remember getting from our boat to the rescue boat, to the ambulance and ambulance in the hospital, Adam's mom's a nurse at the hospital and, and, and our family doctors there and everything like that. And they're doing these tests and um, saying a bunch of things. And I'm just kind of like, you know, at that point, I'm just going like, yeah, this is bad, but it, it's, you're thinking like broken leg, broken, broken arm, mm -hmm. but it, you know, things like that. Like, obviously that's, it's going to take three, six months of rehab or something like that. And I mean, I'm good to go. Like it'll, it'll, sure. it'll be okay. Yeah. Cause at 19 years, you're so invincible and, Absolutely. and, and at that age and we're all at that age, it's so transformational with the world's at your fingertips and you get to plan out everything and yeah. you're, you're planning your major and you're switching yeah. your major and you're dating and you're like the whole thing is just very, I mean, we think back on it. Like it's just so it's such a romantic time because there's so much unknown and mystery mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure it all out. And it's kind of a beautiful thing, but then you get absolutely slapped in the face with the reality that it's changed mm -hmm. and your plan is no longer in play. Yeah. The doctors that came in a couple of days later after my surgery, I had like a six hour surgery on uh, my neck. And I think they said like, it was tough for me to roll over. Like my big body was just like, it took a while. <laughs> it's like Big Joe. I'm glad I don't have video of that. Like I could just see video of them just dropping me and they're like, oh, let's scoop that big boy up. Can, Can you guys take it lift. easy, please? Can you guys yeah. take it hey. easy? Hey, please. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the doctors come in um, and my mom and dad are there. And um, I remember in the, you know, laying there and, and the doctor's like, here's what happened. It's a C6 and seven spinal cord injury. And we think you're incomplete, which means your spinal cord wasn't severed completely, but so you might get some function back. You might not. Um, and I'm like, am I going to be able to play football in a month? And, you know, that, that was like the dumbest question ever. But it was what I like. It was you. you know, yeah. It was me. Yeah. We got camp coming up. Um, he's like, Joe, you're you're not going to play football again. And, and I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, I am. And it's like, Joe, I'm sorry, man. Like, there's, there's probably maybe a 3% chance you'd ever walk again. And at that moment, like, all the questions at 19 that you already have, it's rolling around in your head. They just amplify. And 
when your plan is no longer in play, there's a lot of anger that comes mm. in. Um, when someone says that to you, you're just like, no, there's bitterness that starts to boil uh, and anger and just mad and frustrated and, and confused. Like, yeah. why would a God that loves me let this happen? Hmm. You know, it's that old adage of why does God let good, uh, bad things yeah. happen to good people? Not yeah. necessarily was the best person ever, but like, God, I'm not the worst. A I mean, of, I've met, yeah. yeah, come on. I could make a list of yeah. worse people. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it was just an incredible moment of what and yeah, yeah. how yeah. and why. Yeah. You, and why you, you mentioned like the anger. Um, yeah. you try to think back, like what, what are some of those sources of the anger? Is it, is it that the plan is ruined now? Is it because I just really want, I really want to play football. Is it the unknown and the questions of my whole life is different now and I don't know how to do different. Is it yeah. the unmet expectations? Like what, there what do you think was convers- swirling in some of that? Yeah. There's a conversation I have with God. And a week before my accident, I mean, you know the story, but a week before my accident, um, I had on this Don Beebe House of Speed shirt. Um, Don Beebe, the old Buffalo Bill receiver, and won a Super Bowl with the Packers. And 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 I received it from our kicker on the team yeah, freshman year. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're not even a football player. Stop. I, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> John doesn't like this one. He's a soccer player. He's going to stop. No, uh, stop. So he... I didn't, I forgot my shirt underneath my pads and, and I was looking around for one and he's like, here you go. You can have this one because you're slow. And I'm just like, great. Like he's making fun of me. And what a nice kicker. And what a great kicker. What a great guy. He actually was phenomenal that uh, he's a college football coach now and a phenomenal dude, Steve. And, but it's funny because it it would be fourth and seven and it'd be a 65 yard field goal. And Steve would be like, coach, put me in. I can hit this. you and what cannon like well, this is not gonna you never underestimate the leg never you this. never underestimate the leg <laughs> coach i got this he's like i got you shut stop steve stop <laughs> stop it no and uh coach i got this um no and 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 so i put that shirt on and i, I kept it because i was like if you're gonna make fun of me i'm gonna keep this shirt sure yeah. and uh a week before my accident on on july 3rd had this shirt on and I was at a basketball camp helping out. And one of the coaches was like, Hey, that what's that Bible verse on your shirt? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I didn't open my, my, my Bible up in months. Um, I had kind of strayed away from God, my freshman year of college and um, seeking out affirmation in my coaches and mm-hmm. teammates and wanted to do that whole thing instead of being on relationship with Jesus. And, um, and, and, and on the shirt was Proverbs three, five, and six, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And remembered that in the hospital, my sisters had put it on the wall um, on some beautiful little poster that they drew up. And, 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 I, and I, yeah, I mean, like, like any good sister would and um, total Pinterest thing. But there it's, that was probably before Pinterest. Pre-Pinterest. Pre-Pinterest. Yeah. They were pioneering. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and I remember looking at that when I had received the news about everything and about the, like the gravity of the situation and the, the permanency of the situation mm-hmm. and my anger started boiling up. You talked about, you know, the, the yeah, anger yeah. and where that comes yeah. from and it's yeah. like boiling up because those first couple of words, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your understanding. And I'm like, I want to know, I want to understand mm-hmm. God, why you're doing this. And, and, and some of it was God, like you, heard me cry myself to sleep when I was a kid because I didn't have a dad that looked like me at my soccer games or at my football games or at my basketball games or at my baseball games. And these dads in these small little towns in Southwest Wisconsin would all come and coach their kids and be there. And I was just, I always was so jealous of that Mm. and so envious of that. And I was like, well, I'm going to be better than any of these kids. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best athlete in this town and i'm like and that was a lot of my motivation for it and when it got taken away i'm like why would you take this away you know that i'm so passionate about this you know that i love doing this and this is my heart like why would you do that like 
if I needed a wake up call or something, you know, like do not, not like this. a yeah, like a not construction this. sign or like a yeah, a yeah. well formed cloud. Yeah, yeah. A, a wheelchair is a bit much, God. Yeah, uh, you know, a well formed cloud would have done, <laughs> done fine. A rainbow, like I thought that was God's promise, not a wheelchair. Uh, yeah. No, and. <laughs> And, uh, and, but the anger was there and I looked at that verse and I'm like, no, mm. uh-uh. I, I just had this wrestling match, um, uh, between doing it myself and trusting God. And I think a lot of times we do that in life. We, we are so f- focused on our plan and what we think is good. And, mm. and at the same time, we're like, God, oh, whatever you will is for my life, I'll do it. But right, really we're yeah. like this, this, as long this as it's right this. Here, yeah, this path right here. This is good right here. This is good. This yeah, is yeah, good. yeah. And if you need help writing my story, uh, I've already taken the time to write it out. Yeah, yeah I've got a 26 slide deck here that uh, will help you out with this. All right, thanks. Yeah, and 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 that's that was the wrestling match in the hospital room with that verse and seeing it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think <laughs> this is like a, a weird humor turn. But there's part of your hospital story that's my absolute favorite, and it's your mom. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's it's uh. So it's like in the midst of all of this, like I can't, I can't imagine at all all the head stuff that you're going through, the emotions you're going through, the disappointment you're going through, the anger that you're going through, and then of all the people in your life, your mom is asking the most pivotal question of yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she asked the question that mattered the most. Yeah. She so really we're did. in the middle of like this, one of the most, you know, worst times of my life receiving news that I'm not going to walk again. And like I said, I had all these questions swirling around in my head and, and my mom is, she, I love her to death. She I also has mom. questions swirling in her head. She has questions. <laughs> and my mom is, my mom is, her maiden name is Tolman. She's like six foot blonde, high pitched, I always told my mom, I love you. Do not cheer during my games. You are so embarrassing. And she's, and so she just cheered louder. She'd have on this like bright pink coat and everything. I'm like, mom, stop, stop. So she is in the hospital room and, and the doctors have got done. And she has always been like, I love grandkids and I want grandkids. And mm, and yeah. So she goes, doctor, um, so is, is Joe, is Joe, is he going to, going to be able to have sex? everything gonna work and I'm like, i was <laughs> mom would you get out of my room now now get out, out. And like out mom just like yeah does everything still worked <laughs> is it is is he gonna be and she's trying to whisper but be like the loud whisper like everyone in the room probably the next room can hear i just is he gonna be able to to have the sex again and i'm like first of all again what uh, no, and uh, Mom, and I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, we everyone can hear you. Yeah, we have the entire nursing unit out in our hall right now. Let's go. And 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 so then I was like, Mom, and then I had the doctor come back in and be like, Hey, like, I, that's a really yeah. good question. That's valid. That's valid. Uh, Mom, get out. Okay, yeah. doc, seriously, yeah. shoot to me straight. Yeah, is yeah. everything gonna work out? Like- yeah, what's the deal here? And did he even yeah. know how to answer that? Where he's like, I think so, or. He's, oh yeah, no, that's fine. I I think he was like, you've got bigger problems right now. <laughs> You're. He was the voice, a little bit more of the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, you're going through that. You're going through the heartache. I think you know one of the times when I've heard your story, you talked about how you you know, um, you didn't know how to, what to do with this athleticism, competitive drive, um, because the way that you used to do that was is gone yeah um what was that season like between hearing that uh you're you're not going to walk in can't play football to here's a here's an option here's a way here's an an outlet that you never saw coming wasn't a part of your story uh but has become a huge part of your story now yeah pretty amazing stuff um right away and right away like a year and a half i wanted nothing to do with being in a wheelchair i want to I remember a coach saying, Hey, there's adaptive sports out there. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to hug. Like, yeah, I just thought sure. they were just very ra- rainbows and butterflies and, you know, all like, Oh, pat on the back, rub your head type of thing. And, 
And did you, like, sorry, did you go back to school? Like, did you finish the academic thing or were you just kind of checked out of everything? I don't Right know. away, I just, right away, it was three months of rehab, 89 straight days, and then back to mom and dad's. Okay. Um, it was really neat. The community built me like a, in addition onto our house that was completely wow. accessible in the shower and everything like that. And really, really neat. Awesome. The whole community kind of came together and, uh, but it was still like, I'm moving back with mom and dad at 19. Uh, sure. Not exactly it. Like that was not part of my plan. Also not the plan. Yeah. Not the plan. Um, and, and it was tough because I didn't want to be in a wheelchair. I didn't want to identify as a disabled man. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to, to do anything athletic because it, uh, there's no way I wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, quench my fire. I tried to coach mm-hmm. a little bit and how about the basketball team? And it's like, I don't know how to coach. I, like, I can't tell them where their feet need to go. Cause I can't show them. And that was just mm-hmm. frustrating. And, and I was still trying to figure out like bowel and bladder stuff, which is a huge part of figuring out that stuff that no one really talks about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the doctor said, Hey, you're going to have to stick a catheter in your penis the rest of your life. And I'm yeah. just going, like, that's the real stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and I, and you know me, like I try to be as vulnerable as possible. I'm 19. Like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going, what? Yeah. That's not, he's not going to like that down there. Like there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fair to him. No, he doesn't uh, like that. No. And, um, <laughs> he doesn't want to work anymore. No, he's on. He, he's on <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so it wasn't until my buddy, Kyle, it was like, dude, you you should probably start like to push her on the block and he was really loving about it but he finally got to the point he's like you're getting fat oh is and that what it was to, yeah. yeah and you need to do something about it because i had ballooned up to about 285 pounds left the hospital at 220 ish and 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 ate a lot ate my feelings sure you know culver's was i mean hey i'm i'm good to hit a butter burger up but and not every day yeah not every day yeah. Culver's will tell you, hey, it's probably a little too much. Man. Little too <laughs> I much. got cut off from Culver's. Yeah. 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 Mr. Culver said no more. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so you're no longer welcome to delicious. <laughs> is what right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And so uh, Kyle's like, this is this is what he, he and I'm like, no, I was in denial. I was like, no way. Mm. And he ended up ended up um, going to the local hospital and weighing me on this bed scale and it said 285 pounds and I'm like, your bed's broken. There's mm-hmm. no way that this thing is real. Um, and, and it was, we verified with doing another scale check and sure enough. And I go, I get your point, Kyle. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's part of it where when you're going through something that you don't want to go through is having people in your life. They're almost like human guardrails, people in your inner circle that will lift you up when you need it and bring you mm-hmm. down when you need it and be real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they know you're going through something that is just awful, they will be real with you and you have the relationship there to receive that even when you don't want to. Yeah. Um, and so that was really, really important. April's like that for me, who's my wife, who's my wife. girlfriend then. And um, and she's always been like that. And and as long as you're talking about relationships, let me interject. Yeah. Let me throw this in there. Um, was there anyone in the midst of your denial and the midst of your anger that you blamed? I think sometimes in our life, when our life doesn't go the way that we want or that we expected, sometimes it's easy to blame other people. Like this is the reason. Like, was there any hurt feelings or blame towards your buddies who are in the boat? Was there? Was there any other anger, hurt feelings because of um, family yeah. or like, yeah. did your mind ever go there? Like it's, it never stayed on anything. Okay. It was, boy, I blame God a lot for, okay. for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and Kyle and Adam, I looked at it and they're like, Adam wasn't hurt at all. He was on the knee board. Kyle had some bruises on his stomach. That's it. And I'm, oh. I'm like, how did they how that happen? And then I'm just like, I'm stuck here in a wheelchair. Like it just yeah, yeah. doesn't make sense. And, and then to hear Kyle tell you, dude, you got to get moving. Right. Like, uh, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me bring you back to a day, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think some people would still have a hard time with that. They would hold on to that as like a, no, 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 this is, there was, this there person's was, there's, fault. yeah, there's always been 
an understanding for me that it has been harder on Kyle throughout the years than it is mm. me because he's had to deal with what I would think is a lot of guilt, mm. you know, and yeah. um, we've had talks over the years and, and me and Adam and, and me and Kyle. And, um, but yeah, there, I mean, it's the why me aspect was more of sure. it and the okay. angerness towards God than it was like blaming a specific okay. person the whole time. Yeah. 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 So you have these relationships, you have these friendships who are helping you pull yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, Kyle's trying to tell you, get moving. Yeah. Um, who was the one that introduced this murder ball? Google. Google. Google introduced me. Really? Yeah, it was a weird deal. Yeah. So I'm, I'm back at Winona. I, I, I spent a year at home and I'm like, I need to go back to college. I mm -hmm. need to, I need to keep moving on. And there was always a part of me that's like, I need to do this a little bit better. Um, April and I were engaged at 20 years old. Um, and a part of me is like, I can't be dependent yeah. on her. I need to, I need to have a, a wife, not a caretaker, like, you know, and, 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 and so there's some of that and I'm like, all right, I gotta go back to school. I gotta, you know, do something. And, 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 and I went back and I kind of helped out the football team and I just like, I should like, I'm not a 40 year old, like ready to coach or like, yeah. I, I want to play, yeah. you know? And I, and, and back of my head, I'm going like, I still need to lose weight and do that whole thing. And so I was, I remember in my dorm room, just typing in adaptive sports mm -hmm. and found wheelchair basketball and realized like I couldn't play it because of the function level and then um, wheelchair racing and like, dude, I don't like to run. And I don't like to push in I push in circles a lot for rugby, but it's yeah, because yeah. I know I get to hit people. You're doing something camps. else. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's a means to an end. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel about running in general. It's just these people. Gotta, that where are am doing, I going? I, I did it when I was in sports. I did it when I was in sports, but I was, right. you know, I was right. training for something. I wasn't just running. I did a podcast with a guy recently. His name's Devin. He's, a, he, he's down at um, Fort Benning. In, in the military cool okay. dude but and i'm telling him the story and he's and he's like well yeah i'm i'm an ultra marathoner and i'm like i don't know what to do with that man like he goes we we did a we did a race where it's you run a mile at a time and you try to outlast the person so like you just keep going until someone goes off and then keep going until someone goes like that's what are you do that's not a race that's insane it's insanity yeah, yeah what are you doing yeah i would yeah. i would just immediately be out you know like yeah to run yeah i gotta be done already you know there's no yeah. need for me to wait for you to do another mile so i can do another mile because i'm not sure i would have gotten through the first one yeah it's it's a whole nother and I'm, I'm more power to you if you like it but then all right I, so you I, didn't so want to like, do that you didn't want to yeah didn't want to do that bad boy so i'm like you know what let's do uh let's let's keep googling and keep scrolling I saw this sport called murder ball, this video link called murder ball. And I'm like, let me click on this thing and clicked on it. Like you do when you're going down a rabbit trail on YouTube or whatever. Right. And, and I'm like, what is this? Like when you see rugby for the first time yeah, yeah. And, and that in, in people are smashing into each other and, and running over hands and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is wild. <laughs> like, this is not, this is the, like, the complete opposite of crippledness. Like these people are insane. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, let me sign up for that. That looks cool. Yeah. Um, and so these guys we, have gone a little too far. Yeah. Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> sign me up. Let's do it. Let's do it. This, this looks amazing. So um, April and I drove up to the cities in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a place called courage center. And we're just going to watch. I'd called them up. I was, it was a guy named Todd Kemery. I'm like, hey, man, like I'm quadriplegic and live in Winona and I'd love to come up to practice. He's like, yeah, man, come on up. Yeah, we'll show you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, told nonchalant about it. I get there and they're like, hey, we got a chair out for you. You can, you can get in this chair. And I'm like, I, I can barely get out of bed right now. Like, there's no way. I brought the sliding board and the baby powder and the whole thing and uh, yeah. all of like the disabled things that are very, they're like red flags of like, that guy's a rookie. He is green uh, and new newbie. and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It took me like 45 minutes to get in the chair. By me, it was like April doing all the power lifting yeah, and sure. getting me in the chair and yeah. the baby powder and all that. And finally got in. 
And that day was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in and started pushing around, throwing the ball everywhere and, and, and pushing very slow up and down the court. But as my lungs started to fill with air mm-hmm. and breathing heavier and getting hot and having to pee and do all like, I was like, I am an athlete again. Uh... And it was just an amazing moment of looking back of just God's faithfulness. Of, like you just, you felt life again. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it wasn't the sport too, it was the people around me. Some mm. of these people were crude. I mean, you can meet some, you can meet some funky dudes playing with yeah, her, sure. but like they were, Hey man, you need to, you need to like get rid of this, this on your chair and you can do this. And this is how you transfer. And this is, you can use your catheter like this and do that. And the, the whole thing. And I was like, <laughs> blown away because I had rehabbed with zero spinal cord injuries. Um, at the time it was such a gift that I, I rehabbed where I did in lacrosse because it was so important for having mm. so many people in my hospital room speak into my yeah. life and pray over me and whatever it would be. But, um, but to hear people that had gone through similar things as I had gone through and be able to be around, um, basically what was a support group on wheels that crash into each other. Sure. Was yeah. an amazing deal. And one of the most pivotal things in the sport that it's given me is, is kind of that rehabilitative process. Did it give you that idea um, or just the, the thought of I'm not alone? You know, yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah. I, I have no idea. I can't speak in your story, but I just trying to imagine yes. if I showed up that day, I, I might be embarrassed about like, it's going to take me a while to get my chair. I'm embarrassed about this. I'm embarrassed I, about that. I need, you yeah. know, but then in reality, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Like you're, you're talking to all, all these people who have been there. Like you're not alone, right? Like, uh, we know exactly what you're going through. No, totally. I mean, it's such a good point. I went from isolated to inspired in the course mm, of two hours. That's good. That's good. You know, and it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, um yeah. Were you, uh, that day you're, you're going up and down the court. You said you're getting hot, you're breathing heavy. You're, you're feeling like an athlete again, a phrase that's just popping in my head. Like, is that when you accepted like your new story? Was there like a moment where you, you realized like, I can't, the story I've been writing for my life, the expectations that I had, my plan that was cut off. You have this year, year and a half where you're trying to fight it. You're angry. There's the denial issues. Um, when you're going up and down that court, you're feeling like an athlete again. Was it almost like that sense of like, I'm accepting my new story. I can't go back, but maybe this is a way forward. Yeah. In a, in a way, I don't know if I fully accepted everything, but I saw a path forward. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't necessarily come to with everything quite yet, Okay, but I did see wow, life does go on yeah. and these people are driving and some of them have jobs and they're playing sports and they have girlfriends or whatever, you know, like, so it, yeah. Like I saw that there was a okay. path for living sense. a life. Um, that wasn't just, that makes sense. Sitting in a room. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how long was that journey from that first day you went up and down the court for murder ball um to being on a team did you go straight from minneapolis murder ball to team usa where their clubs or their teams was like what's that yeah. progression look like it was quick it was we did that and then finished up my my second year at winona state and just felt like man i i felt a calling to to go into ministry and then mm. Also, it was like, I really want to go play for this team next year. And so I transferred up to Northwestern in the cities. Yeah, yeah. Um, and started an undergrad and, and pastoral studies and um and and started playing rugby on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and pushing around the lakes and do it like and I kind of went all in on it. And so a couple of years later, um, in December of 2008, I made my first national team. Okay. Um, so no development team, no, like, okay. um, not a lot of, there's no like, clubs. There's no, no like, clubs. Okay. Um, and then that next year, April and I moved from Minneapolis down to Phoenix after I graduated, um, specifically to play rugby with three other Paralympians, which okay. absolutely was like monumental and, be, mm-hmm. and be, 
me becoming the rugby player I am with some mentorship from a guy named Nick Springer and Scott Hogsett and um, we're two, two of the best players to play the game. And, mm. um, and I just soaked it all in. I mean, they were Dang. phenomenal coaches and mentors and um, soaked it all in. And, and, and I, I, I got cut from the, the team that traveled in 2009. I got cut from the world championship team in 2010. Um, but I think in, I think it's so important when you're on this journey and you have goals and I set and I set goal, you, you set goals, you set small goals. Like sure. anyone that's successful understands, like you set up some goals so they can build momentum and you keep going and doing it. And I had to lose close to 90 pounds and that whole thing. But, um, but I failed to, you know, the big goal was London 2012 and right away in 2009 failure, 2010 yeah. failure. Yeah. But when you truly believe that, you're meant to do something. We need to make sure that our faithfulness and our discipline towards it overrides the mm. impact that we see, overrides the results that we can see. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of us look at the results meter, look at the impact meter and go, I'm not making an impact. I should yeah. stop. It's probably not what God wants me to do. And, and then we just turn around and really all we're just, all, we're called to just step in obedience each mm, and every day so good and it's and it's it's tough it's tough but i think that's where we find that success and saying you know what like even though it's dry even though i can't see it um that's what faith is even when you yeah. cannot see um i'm willing to step in faith and do this um, yeah, yeah yeah so 2010 a guy retired um and so coach called and i'm like coach is gonna you know i've been losing weight i've been doing good i've been eating my weedy like, like this all hey, look, hey coach on, check baby. this out look i'm at like me. Hey, yeah i'm like hey, hey come hey, on over hey, here coach is gone coach is gone hey hey uh and he's like hey so do you want to come in for a, like a three-man tryout i'm like what <laughs> i didn't say that but i was like yeah come on no one's. and 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 I'm like, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will. Yeah, absolutely. I can fit that in. I can, you know, fit I hang in. up yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's son of a, he wants me. In. And then, and so I come in there and, and the only reason I made the team, we were, we, we had a two week camp. We're playing friendlies against Australia who at the time was the second best team in the world. And, um, didn't play very much. The three of us took turns suiting up for the team and like, this is my first international competition, even though it's mm. friendly. I'm wearing the red, white, and blue. And I'm just like, I am going to crap my pants. Like, this <laughs> thing is just crazy. And I barely get in. But when I did get in, I did my job. I got in for maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and it was a last goal line strategy type stuff. And I, I sit tall in my chair and um, kind of used me as a decoy to be a post at the very end to catch the ball and score. And um, decoyed and, and, and the coach was like, wow, we can use this guy. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up making that team and, and ended up making 2012 and, and, and becoming a bronze medalist at the 2012 Paralympics. But oh. it's those little things that you don't think are significant that really are, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and just remaining faithful and remaining disciplined and trusting everyone, you know, like trusting the process, but right. like it's trusting what God is calling you to. Yeah. Like, even when it's not your plan, trusting that and moving forward in it. And, um, and it ended up, ended up working out for, for you said a big part of your story is that you went to 2012, but then you were a backup in Rio or I was an alternate in Rio. Alternate. So 20, 2012, we win bronze 13, 14, 15. I became a captain 13 and had an amazing year. 14, uh, fell short at world championships and we won, um, we won bronze again and and it was named to the all tournament team at world championships and like you know i'm like riding high like this is great i'm a captain i'm one of the best in the world and and 2015 had one bad game in in parapans in, in toronto and um and got my captain title taken away during that year and then 2016 mm. had some stuff happen where um the assistant coach used to be the cat used to be the one of the captains with me and we we didn't see eye to eye on some stuff i kind of stood my ground on, on some moral things that yeah i didn't like and kind of saw the writing on the wall that i wasn't going to make the team but it was in the best shape possible and i made sure of it um and i'm like i told some guys i don't think i'm gonna make the team they're like joe you're crazy like of course you are like whatever sure. 
2016 rolls around and and we get selected and I don't hear my name called. And it was absolutely devastating. Mm. I I mean, breaking neck, weighing mm. the same as this happening wow. to me because it was the same thing that happened again. It was the identity. Mm. I was a captain and I'm and I'm a Paralympian. And that entire quad, the four years in between uh Paralympics, that entire quad was tunnel visioned on gold, 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 mm-hmm. gold. And I attached my value to it. I attached my worth to it. I attached um, my titles as husband and father and provider and everything. Even like, I don't think God, like, I'm not a good Christian if I don't like no. win gold. Like the whole thing sure. was tied to it and I didn't even get to go. Yeah, And it was completely devastating but it was one of the most pivotal moments where you're humbled. And again, in that still, you get a choice to just ride out like whatever someone calls you less than or not enough Mm. or not good enough or failure or loser or, um, you know, falling short, you know, whatever inadequate, um, whatever you want to attach to that. That's what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I had um, a conversation, one of the most pivotal conversations where um, I was working in private practice as a professional counselor and my mentor, Dr. Michael, and he was a sports guy. He worked for the Diamondbacks for 15 years and in new sports. And I'm kind of sitting on his couch and we're having our one-on-one supervisor meeting. And I'm just like, I'm broken and this is awful and this sucks. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, and the, you know, it's not my fault. And I'm just totally playing the blame game on this. Whole yeah, thing. sure. Yeah. And there's things to do that, like, just like my accident, there's things to blame. Like the Kyle, like I could, we can point fingers at people, right, but right, right. Um, I wasn't taking any responsibility. And he goes, Joe, you say you're broken. And I mean, he just went straight Sunday school on me. He's like, you say you're broken, but what's God say about you? And I, I, I wanted to launch across the room and punch him in the face. I'm like, I don't care about what he says about me right now. Like, yeah. you know, this is my session to just yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, what's God, what's God say about you? He goes, well, uh, he says that, that I'm his child. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you do on the cross for you? Uh, well, you know, and I was kind of rolling my eyes. Like, I know how to answer these questions, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right? You know, and, and, he, and he goes, you're not broken. Like your identity isn't in rugby. It isn't in a medal. Your value and worth aren't tied to who you are as a captain Mm. or as a wheelchair rugby player. Your value and worth are tied to what he did on the cross for you and whose you are, not who you are or what you play or what you do. Mm. And I think a lot of times we forget about that. I was so mad at him at the time, but then I marinated on that. And realize I've been doing it all wrong for at least four years mm. where I was thinking that I could be a better husband and father because of a gold medal where I'm a better husband and father because I'm in a relationship yeah. uh, with my wife and my kids. Yeah. And, and first of all, Jesus. Yeah. And I think we forget that peace. It's so powerful when we are able to say those, I am, I am a child of God. Sure. I am uh I am, I am, I am identified as one of his children. And if you say that, I mean, it is, it's powerful. Hmm. I mean, sometimes you gotta go through the old mundane and you're like, okay, whatever, you know, like, but I still got, <laughs> I still have to, I still have to do my duties. Yeah, I still yeah, have yeah. to clean the toilets. Okay. Yeah, like there's, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, but yeah. it's powerful when you realize, whoa, I'm not, I'm not just an athlete. Hmm. I'm not just uh, yeah. speaker. I'm not just a counselor. I'm not yeah, just yeah, a yeah. pastor. I'm not just a employer or employee or a business owner. We're so much more than that. Mm. And we get That's tied so to these good. identities. And a lot of it happens where those identities become insecurities and those insecurities are just lies. Oh, hold on. Say that again. Our identities become our, our identities insecurities. are really insecurities a lot. Oh, we're, we're so good, you know, John. and we're we're stuck, man. Our identities become insecurities, 
and they're really just lies. Oh, so and, good. And, so good. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of this episode was those plans that we write and the stories that we think we're going to live and having that five-year and that 10-year and how we think our life is going to go and how we think our jobs or our college years or our careers or our relationships, this is how it's all going to go. And then I invest in that. And then that's who I am. And then as soon as one of those blocks, like I think of like a Jenga tower, right? Like a little block. That's my job, a little block. That's my relationships, a little block. That's my finances, a little block. That's my, whatever, my five-year, my 10-year plan. And, and, and some of those start to shake. Some of them don't start to go right. And then we cling to making the plan work because I'm, I'm insecure, right? Like I'm afraid that I don't, I don't have a place. I don't have, I don't have an identity. I don't have a sense of me. I don't have a purpose. I don't have value if this tower falls apart. And so I have to make it work. Not because it's really who you are. Not because it's the best version of you. But because I'm so freaking scared that if this tower falls, I don't know who I am. Say about me too. Yeah. What are people going (laughs) to say when I try to step out on my own and do what I'm actually called to do? Um, People think that I need to do this and, 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 and you talked about plans after my accident, uh, I'm just praying and begging God. And I'm looking at this verse. Cause I, I ended up coming to this verse and going, yeah, I trust, I trust in your plan. God, I trust in your plan. Yeah. I trust in, 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 and I'm not going to lean on my understanding, but here's my plan. Like I can, I should walk again. Hmm. Cause if I walk <laughs> again, like I'm going to have a powerful story for you, God. And like, that's going to, that's the story. <laughs> that's yeah. the story. And yeah. I worked hard at it, man. Like I had braces that locked my knees out and I could walk on a walker. It wasn't really walking. It was just basically like standing me up and three people kind of holding right. me up and like yeah. slowly. And I'm, and I'm just, and I'm praying and I'm trying to work as hard as I can. Physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, friends and family coming over to help me try to do this and nothing happening from it. Hmm. And again, it's just like man getting in the way of God's plan. You know, yeah, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. But like, here's the blueprints. Yeah, here's yeah. here's what I need from you. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the last couple of years where I realized what His plan was all along. Um, and He gave me this whole theme of threes. Okay. Um, Go into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's back in uh, when I was 13 years old. I'm at District's Youth Conference in Green Bay, which is a big conference in Wisconsin that's been going on for a long time. And, you know, middle school and looking up at the speaker and I just felt like a sense of, of God saying, you're going to be a speaker someday. Mm. And I'm going, God, no way. Like, I'm, I mean, I have no story whatsoever. Um, there's in no way. Like, then I thought, like, this, and I don't even remember who the speaker was, but he had this cool, like, Houston Astros jersey on, and the Astros were like super famous back, like, they were the cool jersey. To, I'm like, this guy's mm-hmm. like, Houston, like, no way, <laughs> and then, you know. And, and you know, six years later, I, I, I break my neck, um, a week before the, the accident on July 3rd, this theme of three is 13, July 3rd, God gave me this verse, Proverbs. Three, mm-hmm. five, and six. Mm. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in your understanding. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me, mm-hmm. Joe. Acknowledge yeah. me. Um, and when I started to do that, you know, started things started to happen. Um, and one of the questions was like, "Am I going to be able to have kids? I have three kids. Yeah, Am yeah, I going to yeah. find a sport ever again, or something that I'm passionate about? God, you know, I'm passionate about sports. Yeah." And the 19 year old kid thought everything was done. And I'm now I'm training for my third Paralympics. Yeah. And I thought college football was the end all and was amazing riding a bus around Midwest, USA. <laughs> and he said, I got a bigger plan for you, Joe. I've got, yeah. I'm going to put USA across your chest, three yeah. letters. Now you're riding planes to Olympics. And, and yeah. And, and, the biggest one um, was finally stepping into what God called me to be when I was 13 years old at 33 years old mm. was when I finally went into to being a speaker full time yeah. and sharing my story and really starting to get bold about 
saying this is my story and I'm going to share it for God's glory and I'm going to spread seeds as far and wide as the opportunities come. Yeah, yeah. And looking back, it's it's God has a plan for our lives. Mm. Whoever's listening and you don't think there's a way, he, there's no way he has a plan for my life, Joe, because I'm going through this and I can, there's a, a whole alphabet long of A, B, C, D of why it won't happen because I, I can't see a way forward. And, and I've been there before because I'm laying in the hospital bed and I'm begging God, like wiggle a toe, move a leg, do mm-hmm. something, God, do something to give me a sign. And the sign was right there. A lot of times we think it's something on the external, but really it's on the internal. God wants our heart. God wants our heart to mold it and to change it and to transform it into who he wants us to be, who he's made us to be. And right there was the wheelchair next to the bed. If you get in the wheelchair, Joe, I've got a plan for you. Get in the wheelchair, Joe. I've got a wife for you. Get in the wheelchair, Joe. I got kids for you that are going to fill your cup up. They're going to give you joy. Yeah. Get in the wheelchair, Joe. I've got I've got sports for you to play. Get in the wheelchair, Joe. We've got yeah. people's lives that are going to be changed. Man. Step in obedience. Man, that's good, Joe. Man, that's good. Cool. You, you started to say it. I want to give you a little opportunity, uh, whatever is on your heart, to the person who might be listening. And uh, maybe the story as they knew it, that they were writing it, uh, has just been shaken in some way. Maybe not a boating accident, but something. Something has taken their plan, their story, their five year, their ten year, their relationship, yeah. their job, whatever, and it's turned upside down. And they're maybe in the midst of that anger. They're in the midst of that that Jenga tower following. I don't know who I'm going to be. Like, what is um, yeah? What's your heart for them? Listening. To yeah. This? It's it's not the, it's not the well. God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Uh, no, sometimes life's hard. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes life's hard, and it is more than we can handle. Um, and there's failure that happens, and a lot of people, there's there's obstacles that seem insurmountable, circumstances that look like they can't be changed. And in those moments of failure, in those moments of obstacles or circumstances, there starts to become labels that a person gets attached to. So if you're listening and and you're feeling like a failure, Mm -hmm. you're feeling like you're less than, you're feeling like you're not enough, Mm -hmm. you're feeling guilt and you're feeling shame and you're feeling a lack of self-control and you're feeling like it's just so much easier to play the blame game and the victim card and self-medicating with things that are just going to leave you feeling empty the next day. Remember there's a God that loves you. There's a God that made you for a purpose there's a God that doesn't need you to change today. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely head over heels in love with his child. You are worthy. You are enough. You are more than, not less than. Mm-hmm. You are a victor. All you have to do is choose. You get permanent victory. I'm an athlete. I'm always chasing victory. Mm -hmm. You get permanent victory when you step into a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Permanent victory. Don't forget that. Even a believer that, that maybe is in a struggling time right now, don't forget that you get permanent victory by stepping into obedience, by returning to a relationship with Jesus. You are more than, you are worthy, you are valuable. You are enough. Mm. I knew this was going to be a holy moment. I knew it. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> Joe, thank you. Um, I don't think I ever get, I don't know if you get tired of sharing your story. <laughs> I I don't get tired of hearing it. Um in the short time uh, that we've gotten to know each other and become friends, honestly, dude, you're one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. Um, not because you went from, uh, you know, the boat to the chair, 
because you're because it's just you, your character, uh, what you bring. You don't you don't do the blame game, and you don't do the the kind of the pettiness or the pity. You you have chosen to follow a story in a different direction, and I am in honesty in awe of you and uh, inspired by you, and I, I consider it just a great honor. Thank you, uh, that I get to, that I get to know you. So, uh, thank you, Joe, for being here. And, uh, you know, even though this podcast is going to end, I'm just going to say it now, like we got to hang, we got to hang sometime we're, soon. We're hanging. Uh, hanging. Would you, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, is there a website, social media, uh, yeah. YouTube? What, what do you got? Head, head over to joedelegrave.com, uh, for website, or if you're interested in having me as a speaker, um, I'll make you laugh and cry and, and it'll be a That's lot a of fun. That's a guarantee. And uh, no, and 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 I'm probably most active on on Instagram, jdelegrave14. Um, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. If you're angry and you're on Twitter a lot, I'm over there as well. Um, I'm just not angry. I feel like everyone's angry on the Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you have to limit what you can say, you know, yeah. like so you have to really make it punchy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what it is. And yeah. when's the uh, one of the Japan? uh games yes so it'll be on M all the nbc affiliates nbc universal sports nbc sports the whole thing um olympic channel uh we play august 25th the 29th okay awesome um, so yeah yeah awesome cheer on team usa we chill rugby check out joe delagrave number 14 i believe it is number 14 Team yeah, USA. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And uh, thank you all for another episode of the John Ryder Podcast. See you next time.